Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Support and the Lockout. And ask me questions if you if I was confusing. Support and the lockout. Support is a word that probably gets used and emphasized less than it ought to be. Used and emphasized less than it ought to be. When I mention the word support, what comes to mind? Just, no, 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 just, just, I, I mentioned the word support. What comes to mind? What comes to mind? Perhaps a good pair of shoes that provides support for your feet? It's one option. Um, having a good friend who will be a sounding board for an idea. That's an option. Someone who, if you're having a bad day at work, you're just walking around with a scowl on your face. Dude, is there anything I can do to help? No, seriously, is there, can I, like, go buy you chocolates? Do, do you want to go out for four beverages, uh, four adult cold Frosty Pops after work? Or, you know, is there something I can do to help? What does support mean to you? Support is a two-way, two-way street, largely. If person A provides support for person B, and person B provides support for person A, see, that's kind of copacetic. Hey, you help me out when I need assistance. I help you out when you need assistance. It all works. Now, sometimes you'll have a situation where person A provides support for person B, but person B says, ah, screw that. No, I'm not going to support you. That doesn't necessarily end very well. Support, support, support. Would you in your life benefit from having more people voluntarily providing you support? No, 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 not here's $50 and, you know, go out and buy a new pair of shoes or, oh, 50, uh-oh, probably 150. Okay. Um, no, just, hey, dude, do you want to talk? You know, let's go out for dinner. Let's, you know, you... I'm horrible at providing support sometimes in face-to-face situations because I really don't feel very comfortable around people. Now, for some people, that would be a hard admission to make. But for me, I just don't do very well around people. I don't. I haven't. I won't. 
it's highly unlikely. But on the internet, I can be fantastic at support because when somebody makes a posting, I can hit like, I can hit retweet, I can say, hey, hang in there. Or sometimes life sucks. If you ever want to talk, let me know. Or any of those sorts of things. Just letting the person on the other other side of the tweet, on the other side of the Facebook posting, know that, hey, I'm in your corner. I know you're probably not going to take me up on it. But I am in your corner. Just so you know, I'm in your corner. It's called support. Now, we're going to move away from talking about support in the meta of the big world, and we're going to talk a little bit about Cubs prospect support. Cubs prospect support. Quite a few people are looking forward to the Cubs low A affiliate, the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, having their season begin. I I count myself as one of them. After all, watching or listening to or following or whatever, 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 following the player development of Reggie Preciado, James Triantos, um, Kevin Alcantara, and a whole bunch of other players. It's not just those three, but let's just start with those three and say, and a whole bunch of others, like with uh, Gilligan's Island and the rest. Uh, Gilligan's Island, the first season, it was the, the theme song. They had the you know what four or five player uh, the four or five people in the song and then at the very end and the rest, but then in the second year they decided you know what let's add the rest of the people into the song so that everybody is being incorporated into the song instead of saying and the rest, but the players in Myrtle Beach, quite a few of us are looking for it. We're looking forward to South Bend's team. We're looking forward to Tennessee's team. We're looking forward to Iowa's team. And if the Chicago Cubs ever play, we will be looking forward to seeing how some of those players do as well. But let's just start with Myrtle Beach. Let's just start with Myrtle Beach. And I'm choosing Myrtle Beach for one specific reason. A lot of the players in Myrtle Beach have, well, a number of the players in Myrtle Beach have high expectations. Triantos. Hey, did you see what he did last year? He's going to crush this year. Alcantara. Hey, did you see that one thing? He's going to crush this year. Reggie Preciado. Hey, did you see that one thing? He's going to crush this year. If Reggie Preciado crushes this year, that will be a very good thing for Reggie Preciado and for the Chicago Cubs and for the future of the Chicago Cubs. Because if Reggie Preciado crushes this year, That would be hugely beneficial. It would increase his trade value, not that he would necessarily be getting traded, 
But if people are going to ask for Reggie Preciado, if Reggie Preciado is having a great season, it will be helpful in any discussions anyway. Well, what happens if Reggie Preciado struggles? What happens if Reggie Preciado struggles? What happens if Reggie Preciado's OPS midseason is 611? 584. He's making a whole lot of errors, bad errors, at third base and at shortstop. He's not crushing the level. He's scuffling. He's struggling. Hypothetically. Hopefully it doesn't happen. Same could happen with any of the players. Any player walking into a season at any level could struggle. A player can struggle. And if a player is struggling, it becomes very important for them to have what does it become very important for them to have? A support network. A support network. However it's set up, however it's organized, players in the organization, hey, dude, don't worry about it. We, we, we got this one. You'll figure it out soon. Just do what you're supposed to do. Do your work. Uh, do the things you're supposed to do. Eventually, you're going to figure it out. I believe in you. Eventually, it's all going to be fine. Players in the organization, don't worry about it. Executives in the organization, coaches in the organization, um, mental skills coaches in the organization, hey, you're fine, you're fine. People struggle at levels. Don't let it get you. Do what you're supposed to do. Take your infield practice. Take your batting practice swings. Focus on what you have to focus on, and eventually you'll figure this out. See how that's support? They'd probably do it in a bit of a different fashion than I am. But yeah, you, uh, family members, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I know, you, I know you're stressed. <laughs> I know you're stressed. I know you from back when. You're very stressed because you think you're supposed to be doing better than this. But it'll be fine. You'll be fine. It will be okay. You're big enough. You have enough support. You'll get through this. You are good enough. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. One of these days, you're going to wake up and you're going to enjoy baseball again and you will play well. See how those things that I said are generally very supportive? Support. Support. It's very possible that Reggie Preciado, who has never faced SEC first team starting pitching or ACC first team starting pitching or Pac-12 first team starting pitching. When he steps up from the pitchers in the Arizona Compound League to low A East, those pitchers will be the best pitchers he's ever faced in his life. Kevin Alcantara, same thing. James Triantos, same thing. In a bad hitter's environment. If a player is struggling, 
support is helpful. Well, I hear some of you hinting. I, I, I'm supportive of players, okay? How supportive of you were... How supportive were you of Albert Almora on his way through the Cubs system? Well, I was really supportive of him when he did well. What happens when he started to be bad? What happens? What happened for your support of him when he no longer could hit at a quality major league level? Well, that's different. No, it's exactly the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. You are either supportive or you are not supportive two options it's very possible for a person to say this player is having a very rugged stretch there are potential reasons for it but they are having a rugged stretch nonetheless even though they're not being as successful currently as I would prefer, I still choose to be supportive. Are you required to dislike Jason Hayward because his... Statistics do not positively align with his contract. I have no problem with saying, I support Jason Hayward for everything he does. He's just not hitting very well, and his defense is down a couple of ticks from a couple of years ago. I'm supportive of him. If he comes up, I want him to do well. I realize his numbers are nowhere near what a lot of people thought they would have been. But I'm supportive of him. I'm supportive of him. You know, I, I don't want him to have a career-ending injury. I don't want him to hate his life. I'm supportive of him. I want him to get a hit. I want him to do well. You know, league starts up in June or something. I want Jason Hayward to do well. I'm supportive of him. You choose yourself who you are going to be supportive of were you supportive of you darvish with the cubs when he was terrible i don't know were you supportive of you darvish when he was injured with the cubs you know the answer to that i don't were you supportive of you darvish when he was carving the National League hitters. I don't know the answer to that. You do. Were you supportive of you Darvish after he was traded by the Cubs to San Diego? Legitimate question. Doesn't necessarily matter on a Cubs blog, but I'll throw it out anyway. You know, did you Darvish do anything in his life to get you to the point where, geez, I don't want to trust it. I don't want to support this guy. You know, think Trevor Bauer. You could have been completely supportive of Trevor Bauer. He, he was one of those people for quite a while. He was on my favorite and least favorite pitchers list. Both of them completely unapologetically. I liked things about him and I totally hated things about him. 
both at the same time, once he unmasked himself as a, hmm, hmm. Well, let's put it this way. I'm not a fan of Trevor Bauer anymore. Um, once a person does something that, yeah, there's really no reason for me to support him anymore, then it's perfectly understandable. You know, it's like, uh, start slapping around women or mistreating people or anything along those lines, committing crimes. Then, yeah, it's very legitimate. It's very reasonable to say, yeah, I used to support this guy. I used to be supportive of this guy, but right now I'm not supportive of this guy. Completely understandable completely plausible, completely logical. But if you have a player like Reggie Preciado, like James Triantos, if they are slow getting out of the gate, you're still 100% in charge of, are you supportive of them? Guy goes one for 27 with 19 strikeouts. Then he hits a home run for a minor league team. It's on your Twitter feed. The team posts, blah, 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 player hits home run. You can retweet it or you can not retweet it and make some snarkastic comment about, hey, make three more of those and I'll start supporting you again. See how that works? See how that works? You choose, 100%, you choose if you are going to support a player and why or why not you are or are not supporting said player. It's all you. It's all you. I have nothing to do with it. You have everything to do with who you are going to support. <sighs> Full cleansing breath. I mentioned support and the lockout. How right now, how right now can you as a baseball fan support players in the MLB Players Association? How can you as an individual, should you choose to, support, provide support for players in the Players Union? Owners don't want to give in. Owners like what they're doing. Owners like the rules. Owners like the rules that make it so that they will, on average, add, let's see, $180 million to their net worth per year, on average, over the last decade. Owners like that. We don't want to change anything. We're not going to negotiate. We're not going to give away any of the things that we have acquired because if we would give anything back, we wouldn't make $180 million or more a year. We, we might have to settle for making $140 more million a year. <laughs> and that would be horrible if we would have to settle for only making $140 million more into our net worth every single year. That would be intolerable it's completely impossible for us to cave in to the players. We have to win this negotiation completely. Who have I noticed? Marcus Stroman has been talking a bit about it. Um, Max Scherzer 
has been talking a bit about it. Um, there, if you have a Twitter um, account and you're following Major League players or you're following people who are following Major League players, if you keep an eye open, there are probably... What's that? Uh, oh, my goodness... There's a lot of there's a lot of players who are making comments along the lines of here's what the owners are doing. Here's what we're trying to get. And basically they're looking for support. They're looking for support. You can provide support. Hit retweet. You thought of nothing. You thought of nothing. You hit retweet. You didn't even comment. You hit retweet. And the people that are on your list, now they get to see that thing that that baseball player said. You were displaying support. Support. I have an idea. I have an idea. I, it's not new. I've mentioned it here before in a podcast, um, probably numerous podcasts. And I'm starting to mention my idea to players who are commenting on their efforts, trying to bring about something that they'd be willing to sign. And my idea is along the lines of this. Both sides realize that teams are now being benefited by having bad Seasons. Teams are benefited by having bad seasons. So, for instance, with the, um, let's take a random team that that may or may not have applied to, the 2021 Chicago Cubs, they realize, hey, if we trade away Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and Javier Baez and other players, and Craig Kimbrell and Ryan Tapera, if we trade away those players, then, first off, we can get prospects back in return, and the prospects back in return at some point, two, three, four years down the line, they might be useful to us. Uh, sometimes it, the trades provided cash value for the Cubs as well, and in some instances, it provided players additional opportunities to play. For instance, since Anthony Rizzo was being traded, and since the Cubs had recently obtained Frank Schwindel on waivers, when Rizzo was traded, Frank Schwindel became the de facto Cubs first baseman for August. Frank Schwindel did well with the Cubs, and there's a possibility he may do well for the Cubs on into the future. Perhaps yes, perhaps no. We will see, but it's possible. The Cubs benefited from the trades because they got better prospects. They received prospects that upgraded the pipeline. They benefited because, frankly, they lost a lot of games. That they probably would have won some of them if they had kept the other players around. So since they lost some games, they dropped in the standings, which meant their first-round draft pick will be will come sooner than it would have had they won more games. So the Cubs are drafting 7th instead of, I don't know, drafting 11th or 12th or 13th. If you're drafting 7th instead of 12th, that is a benefit. 
And since the Cubs are drafting 7th instead of 12th or whatever else, they also have more money that they can spend on their draft picks in 2022, whenever that draft is. Perhaps it'll be June. Perhaps it'll be July. Rob Manfred will probably decide. I don't know. But, um... So, since the Cubs finished 7th instead of 12th or 14th or whatever they would have finished, the Cubs have extra money they will be able to invest in their draft prospect pool come July into August or whatever the, whatever the time frame will be. Had they had a better record, they would get to spend less than they do now. When I see a player who is saying, here's what we're trying to do in regards to getting a deal that we can agree to. Something I'm doing occasionally, not all the time, occasionally is mentioning my idea. How about flattening the curve so that teams with the 5th through 30th draft positions have a similar or exactly the same draft pool spending amount. First pick in the draft, that team, they get to spend $10 million on their draft picks. Second team in the draft, they get to spend 9.5. Third team in the draft, they get to spend 9. Fourth team in the draft, they get to spend 8.5. Fifth through 30th, all get to spend $8 million. Every single one of them, every single last one of them. Now, all of a sudden, there is far less of an advantage for teams to, hey, you know what? If Right now, we're 12th in the draft pool. If we drop to 10th, we get to spend more money. And if we drop to 7th, we get to spend even more money. And if we drop to 5th, we get to spend even more money. If you completely flatten the curve, that no longer applies. That no longer applies. It doesn't apply anymore. The order of the players would still be similar. But if you have a situation where the 5th and the 7th and the 19th and the 23rd and the 27th and the 29th and the 30th teams all get to spend the same amount of money, for instance, $8 million. $8 million on their signing bonuses. However, they'd get organized. That wouldn't be too hard to do. You can add a little bit more for this or that. Somebody, uh, Dodgers lose a lose 10 spots in the draft because of reasons or... Um, Tampa adds a draft pick because of reasons. Hey, you might add a little bit more for that, whatever. But in general, if all the teams are allowed a realistic $7 million, $8 million, $7.5 million, I, I, I'm not married to the $8 million number. It could be seven, it could be, it could be 10. I, you, know, what, you could have the number be whatever you want. But if all the teams in the league are allowed to take gambles on high school players. This guy was probably going to go to LSU. 
This guy was probably going to go to Arkansas. This guy was probably going to go to Vanderbilt. But the team with the 28th spot in the draft order gave them a $3.4 million signing bonus. And he decided, you know what? I'm willing to go pro. Now, all of a sudden, that team that gave that player a $3.4 million signing bonus that they couldn't have done if their signing bonus was $3.4 million for their entire class, they couldn't have done that. They couldn't have done that. I'm talking to Major League Players, MLB Players Association members, about flattening the curve, flattening the curve so that teams at the bottom of the draft, the teams that actually have been trying to win, can get back more of a benefit from the draft because they get to spend more money. I think that'd be a good idea. Now, you might agree with my idea or you might not agree with my idea. Kind of inconsequential here. My thing is, I have an idea I'm providing support to the players by saying, hey, I really support you guys fighting for what you deserve. And oh, by the way, here's an idea. What they do with it, beyond me. Alex Wood, Alex Wood, left-handed pitcher. That was one of the names I was thinking of. Um, you can be supportive of whoever you damn well want to be supportive of. You can be supportive of whoever you want to be supportive of. And how you choose to do that, how you choose to show that support, it's all up to you. When a player struggles at a minor league level or at a major league level, you can support them despite their struggles. Or you can be very critical and vindictive and, boy, why do they have this guy around that? Completely disregarding the fact that playing at the major league level is rather difficult, and I'm guessing you probably wouldn't be able to do it. Just to guess. You can be supportive. And I'm guessing if you, as an individual, would pot commit to someone as far as being supportive, then it might work, it might not. As far as helping them out, blah, 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 whatever. If, some, if you were being supportive, more supportive, regularly supportive of someone, they would probably appreciate it. If someone is being supportive of you, you would probably appreciate it. You get to decide how supportive you want to be in a baseball environment, in a socioeconomic environment, at work or wherever. It is 100% on you how supportive you want to be. 
And tomorrow is another day for you to show support for people who might really need it or a chance for you to say, nah, I'll let somebody else be supportive of them. Yep, it's all up to you. It's all up to you to decide, do you wish to be a person who is going to help make this universe more supportive or less supportive? It's all on you. You know, you, you get to decide. You get to decide. I'm not even going to bother trying. You get to decide, is support something you wish to participate in? And to what levels and in what areas of your life? It's all up to you. Do you wish to be supportive? If you wish to be supportive of baseball players, they'll appreciate it. Will they necessarily give you a portion of their contract? No. But I don't think that's why you're doing it. Otherwise, you're probably doing it for the wrong reasons. Support ought to be provided because, hey, being supportive of people is a good thing to do generally. Tomorrow is another day. Today is another day. You get to decide, do I wish to be supportive or do I wish to not be supportive it's all on you guys. It's all on you guys. You get to decide. I get to decide. In every area of our existence. If a player is having a crappy year. 2021 Ed Howard. Early on comes to mind. You can be anti-supportive. You can, oh, nope, he's bad. He's bad. I don't like him anymore. I don't like him anymore because he's doing badly. You can do that. You can do that. It's tough to hit in full season ball. Two players that I do kind of worry about. Kevin Alcantara and Reggie Preciado. I'm kind of worried about them. I'm kind of worried about them not long-term, but as far as 2022, they are going to be walking into an environment where they will be facing much better pitching than they've ever faced in their lives in a bad hitter's environment. I'm going to be supportive, whether they're good or not. As for you, it's up for you to decide. Thanks for stopping by.